So it's been a, a while. podcast. Is that what we're doing here? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while. And it, so this is this is the thing I talk into. Is this right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It just looks suspiciously like your cock. <laughs> That's just 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 graduate project. <laughs> I, know, I know it's been a while, but I think you're taking advantage. <laughs> Look, just don't don't ruin it by talking. <laughs> Which is actually the advice I have for most of our podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> or just women in general. Yeah. <laughs> Change my picture. Smack my picture. I said, Change my picture. So here we are, a special episode. I will. Uh, a slump buster. <laughs> slump buster. <laughs> I haven't been called a slump buster in oh, about three weeks. <laughs> Great. Yeah. But yeah, so we've had shit, we've had some shit going on. Had some shit. Yep. Work stuff, life stuff, these things happen. Yep. But we haven't forgotten you people. Well, a couple of you. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's that? I can't remember. <laughs> it's gone. No, it's, no. See what it's you gone. did there. That's yeah, cool. it is. Sweet. Yeah. But, big movie came out. We thought we'd yes. regather. We, we had our schedules... Had synced, mm-hmm. like just like our cycles. That's right. So we thought, why not just get in, knock a quick one out, <laughs> to to tide us over until we can get back into the swing of things, and then in, in a, a mu- in a month or so, I imagine, and then do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing's already been taken care of. Yeah, which uh, you yep. got a little bit in your beard. Thanks, thanks. I'm <laughs> thank God this beard is just tangy. <laughs> <laughs> So we, should we jump straight into it? Should we just leap straight into the news? Is yes. this how we're going to do this yes. thing? News it up. Cue the, cue the news thing. Cue the news. Cue the news. This beer is fantastic. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. In news that makes me a little happy simply because it seems to be going ahead, is that we have our Matt Murdock, a.k.a. the Daredevil actor, mm-hmm. or Daredevil. Variety magazine is reporting that, according to sources, I'm pretty sure it's confirmed, but, you know, Charlie Cox of Boardwalk Empire fame is to star. Now, I can't speak of anything to this guy's done because I dropped Boardwalk Empire like third period French after the first season. But the kid's got the look, he's around the age of, I want my Daredevil, and Netflix is going to drop this bitch like it's hot. I'm very excited by this news. I think with shows like Arrow and Agents of Shittiest Show Ever and the upcoming Flash, they've carved themselves out a an, an great audience and I'm hoping will lead to bigger and better things. I had some Daredevil news. Yep. The good thing, we were actually meant to record a couple of days ago. Yep. This news actually came out, I think, after we would have recorded yesterday. Oh, no. So this is hot news. Yeah. Like you're, the, the Charlie Cox news. Yeah. It's hot. Popping. Yep. Um, Let's do it. Marvel Human Resources. Yep. Having a pretty bad week. We'll go into that in, in my next news bit. But on Daredevil, Drew Goddard, mm-hmm. who was going to be the showrunner of the show, has yep. left. Yes. He, yes. Has, he has left the project, um, but, presumably but, to go and work on the Sinister Six yeah, movie. Yeah, because it's, it's under good uh, terms that yep. he's left, apparently. Yeah, because he's, he's still part of the family. So mm-hmm. I want to focus on this. He's been replaced by Stephen S. DeKnight, mm-hmm. who is, uh, like Goddard, was a writer on Buffy and Angel. But probably best known modernly, modernly, yeah, it would recently, yeah, no, modernly, uh, as the showrunner of the Spartacus oh, series of shows. Is that the Blood, the Spartacus Blood and Tits? Blood and Tits. 
bloody <laughs> and a whole lot of cock apparently. It's 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 not often, but when it is, oh boy, is it? <laughs> it's 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 almost fassbendery in its in its, in its cockitude. Did you watch um, Rome when it was the HBO? I've watched Bruce some of Rome. Mm. It's on my list of things that like that and Tudors are things that I've got to catch oh, up. Okay, on. yeah, Tudors are, I didn't really like that much. Rome was the the reason I mentioned Natalie it. Natalie Dormer. Yeah, I know, uh, but I, the the <laughs> just jack off. The uh, the reason I mentioned Rome is there was a digitally altered phallus in it because they basically just wanted to try and get somebody that looked like they had a half a horse cock, as a and it was made as a gift to be a real. And it was just hilarious because the camera lingered just a little too long, <laughs> just a little too long, and which was great because I couldn't find the remote straight away to pause. So that, then, they didn't want to go with a with a marky mark. Uh, prosthetic? No, oh, I don't know. With, with a diggler? I think I think this was a I think this was a diggler, with a little. But then they needed to extra diggle. This, this is a this is a digital diggler, <laughs> uh, which I, I believe is actually your porn name. <laughs> digital diggler. Yeah, right, absolutely. But yeah, Marvel I think are, are sticking with Goddard's scripts for the first couple of episodes. Yep. As you said the departure is being described as amicable. Well, I I think this this is fantastic. I've long held that comic book adaptions should be on the TV format. There's there's too much going on. Well, they're serialised. Yeah, the, the format is a serialised format. Exactly right. They need room to breathe. Hmm. And they, they cram so much shit in the movies that they they invariably fuck up. Take The Dark Knight. Rises. <laughs> Ant-Man. Yes. This I, was I, the, the I knew big, you'd have this, so I didn't news. touch it. It's been widely reported since the weekend that Edgar Wright hot, of Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead is no longer directing Ant-Man. It has been cited as creative differences, as these things always are, but the Latino Review has a little bit more inside goss. And, I mean, the Latino Review are usually pretty good for shit like this. They're usually pretty on the bar. The Latina, as in... The Latino Review. Latino, so lat, like Mexicans. Yeah. Yeah, not not Latina, like pasta. Okay. (laughs) And this is the quote from the Latino Review. About three months ago, Marvel had notes. The meat of the notes were about the core morality of the piece, must include franchise characters, etc. These notes came from the big four at Marvel. Joe Cornish and Edgar Wright did two drafts to try and answer the notes without compromising their vision. Six weeks ago, Marvel took the script off them and gave the writing assignment to two very low-credit writers. One of the writers were from Marvel's in-house writing team. Edgar stayed cool, agreed to stay on the project and read the draft. The script came in this week and was completely undone, Poorer, homogenised and not Edward's vision. Edgar met with Marvel on Friday to formally exit and the announcement went out directly after. Edgar and Joe were upset by the sudden out-of-nowhere lack of faith in them as filmmakers. Feige has always battled for them, but this felt like it came from the higher-ups. So, creative differences in Mm. the truest truest sense. Kevin Smith talks about this a little bit and Marvel has their way of doing movies Mm -hmm. and Edgar is such a focused filmmaker. Like his films are his films. I can see where they might clash. But he's been working on this film for fucking ever. Does and yeah, so it seems it seems not not good. It's strange. It's very it's very, very, very strange. Because yeah, you hire this guy because you know what he's gonna do. Mm. And why then if he's doing that well, it's it's Kevin. As I understand, Kevin Feige is sort of like his show. Like he's the he's the CEO or, or director of he's the enter, like, the czar of that. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the he's the one who's ushering in the movies. He's mm. the, like he's the director of whatever that whatever his position title is. Yeah. 
if I understood that correctly, it sounds like it was taken out of his hands. Mm. That's pretty... What the fuck is going on yeah, in so Marvel? Yeah. There was a great picture that Joss Whedon, because uh, director of the Avengers and mm. the upcoming Avengers 2, tweeted a, a really nice show of support. Did you see the picture? No. Was that uh, the... Like a, a sort of an, an artsy thing, just him holding up a Cornetto... Rapper, oh, okay, yeah. which is being seen as a, a show of uh, a show of support and yep. and belief in in Edgar, yeah, a reference to the the three the flavors Cornetto trilogy, yep. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and something else I can't quite recall. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Sh- yeah, <laughs> maybe they maybe they actually watched that. Maybe <laughs> maybe there was Shaun of the Dead and went, oh, this is fantastic. Watch Hot Fuzz. Fantastic. Oh, this is a guy. Then they watched whatever it was. World's End and they said, oh, look, sorry, yeah. this isn't gonna work out. Mm, no. Yeah, <laughs> third date blues. <laughs> So in news that doesn't thrill me, our boy Baz has been in talks or is in talks to direct Kung Fu, an adaption of the 1970s martial arts Western, Eastern, the Eastern TV show, and I'm sure Jay-Z is on board to do the soundtrack. I don't know. This just shits me to tears. Like, no. What what the fuck? I, Baz has a vision of certain things, and I think, like you know, I mean, you can't you can't deny the man strictly ballroom. Mm. You can't deny him Moulin Rouge. Uh, even the Romeo and Juliet, was, mm. I thought was superb. Australia was just overlong and overwrought. Mm. I did not like the Gatsby at all, yeah. great or otherwise. I th- I don't think his I don't understand how his style because he has a very mm. distinctive view vision. How that's going to suit. The Kung Fu. And it's just going to piss people off because people were already pissed off that David Carradine was in that role. Mm. And then he established himself as a cult following because of it. And, you know, I think possibly the the outcry of hate was the reason he started jerking with a, a belt tied around yeah. his throat. <laughs> Hutchinson, we call it. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it was just a short but sweet, but I didn't like it. I don't yeah. like it. I, I'm, yeah. You've heard it first. Honestly, people. this if they're going to do that, it's a Tarantino thing. Oh, it's now. It's got to be, that's his. Yeah. Because, and I, I think we talked about it with, with Gatsby. Baz doesn't have people around him that are brave enough to say no. Yeah. We that, saw. I, I stuck with Baz. Like I said, everything up until, it, it was a steady climb to Romeo and Juliet, superb. Mm. Moulin Rouge was just spectacular. Was spectacular, I, spectacular. Spectacular, spectacular. I stuck with him through Australia. Yeah. I thought there was good things in Australia. I think it was just a bit overindulgent, but yeah. I think it was a bit more restrained. But he's lost me at Gatsby, so I just don't care. Strictly Ballroom I didn't like when I first saw it. And then it, it won me over when it was, I think it was playing in the background at, at someone's house one day. And I went, oh, this is stupid Strictly Ballroom. And there was a rather attractive girl who told me to shut up. She loves Strictly Ballroom. So I then volunteered to, well, maybe I should give it another chance. And that turned out it worked for me. And it turned out I, I didn't mind Strictly Ballroom after all. So, so um, I have to ask, in presumably that evening when you nailed her yeah. and you were doing something a bit unusual, mm. my step's my way, Fran. <laughs> You're not supposed to put it there. My step's my way. <laughs> I did wonder why she kept clapping over the back of my head. New steps, new steps, new steps. Uh, you know. And I was, I was desperate to get Scott Hastings the fuck out of the room. But, you know, <laughs> he just didn't want to leave his partner. Frozen, the Disney music of Juggernaut yes. that has, has infected every sphere of human existence, has reached $1.21 billion worldwide. Wow. Bringing it to number five on the all-time box office rankings. 
The only films above it are Harry Potter 7.2, The Avengers, Titanic and Avatar. It's also the only female-directed film in history to break a billion dollars. The next closest film directed by a woman is Hunger Games Catching Fire at 38 with a piddling $864 million. I'm surprised they're even going ahead with the third movie after that ridiculous, that paltry amount. While on Frozen, there's a wonderful anecdote that I read that I hope you don't know because I think you'll dig it if you haven't. Uh, And just a story I thought was cute. The big hit that Let It Go, beloved by soccer mums everywhere, present company included, Hmm. shares a name with a Prince song, Let Mm -hmm. It Go, which in Prince style is all one word. In order to avoid the purple one's famously litigious side, the writers of, of the music went to visit him in Paisley Park with a draft of the song to get his blessing. Now, it was an unfinished draft. He was impressed. He told them that they had a hit on their hands, they had a solid gold hit, but the song was missing a hook. There was just something missing from it that would make the song great. So over the course of the, the meeting, they talked about the movie, where it was going, and Prince said that he loved it, and like the story of it you know, could almost be about him. But he noted, I'm from Minnesota. Cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> I so want that fucking story That's to be true. That's got to be true. That's got to be true. And, and that was, awesome. that, that came out of an interview with the, with the songwriters. That's got to oh, be wow. true. Wow. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So then thusly providing mm. the hook. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that movie is on continual rotation in my house. That Let It yeah. Go has to be on continual rotation yeah. in the car. Uh, we, we watched it a little while ago. We didn't no. see it at the movies. It's a pretty good movie. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, like, all, all it's, jokes it's, aside, it's a fantastic yeah, it's, piece. It's the first really great Disney movie, mm. and particularly a non-Pixar Disney movie, yep. really since The Lion King. It's got such a great message. It yeah. really does. Have you, have you heard any of the right-wing bullshit that it's, you know, Trying to convert girls to being lesbians? No. That there's lesbian... It's, it's a lesbian propaganda piece? I, I don't listen to idiots. That's probably why. Yeah. Who on yeah. earth would you say know what? that? The, what I thought is there is a strong message of, of self-acceptance. Yes. And that's that's good. That's what we need. That's it's just, an empowering thing. But to turn it into... Oh, this is, you know... Trying to... Sorry, it's almost, off, it's almost worse. It, it, the only other thing that could be worse is if the LGBT... And I think there's another letter now. I. I. And and I don't mean to diminish them, and so but that's about as. And we are a gay, we are as gay friendly as you can get without having a cock. I had sex with a gay man. I mean, well, at least I think he was gay. My boyfriend told me he was gay. But it would be almost worse if they co-opted the movie. There's oh look at this big champion, and it's no what it is. There is a purity to this film that these fuckers are trying to take. It's a fantastic film. I love the fact that my kids love it. Mm. I enjoy it. I have watched it. In probably in its entirety, about nine times, but I come in and out quite regularly because any anyone with who out there who has children under the age of four knows that you can put their favourite movie on the, the on TV, yeah. and they just don't leave. You know, you can go and shower. You can probably go shopping. Like apparently, I'm, I'm not that you know, but I've I have gone. I've put food, water, and frozen. <laughs> on and I have gotten more shit done in that 70 minutes or so that that movie's on then and, and this is not even when your daughter was awake this is just keeping your fucking wife out of your <laughs> yes and that let it go I mean because it's got 
and I always miss Adele Nazim as as the woman who <laughs> yeah. sings the. As, did we just awaken another Scientology cell? <laughs> Singing, I mean, her voice is just yeah. it's transcendent, and that song "Let It Go" is a beautiful, beautiful song. It's a it's it's just such a and just a powerful song. I'm over it. I'm done with the fucking show. <laughs> but to be honest, I find myself walking around humming songs out of it. There's only one song in it that I find a tad boring, but I can deal with it. That's yeah. the Olaf's the snowman singing his song oh, about yeah. loving summer. But no, it's so clever. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. But one point one something. One, when I wrote this news, one point two one nine billion. And it's only just been released on home entertainment. Yeah, so that will count. No doubt, eventually count towards the. I oh, no, I think this is purely cinematic. This, this cinematic. is box office. Oh, holy snap and duck! She, something a little bit of happy awesome. Dave Grohl of Foo Fighters fame, friend of the show, friend of the show, great friend of the show, is getting his own TV show. Exactly, getting the big thumb, getting the three thumbs up across from me. Um, the new series, which is set to screen on HBO later this year, is essentially an extension of Grohl's Sound City documentary, and follows Grohl as he visits recording studios around the world and interviews A-list musicians who have passed through their door. Now, have you seen this Sound I, City? I haven't. I, I may have it. It's been a documentary I've wanted to see for a while. I've got it to go through. Perfectly legitimate channels. It's it's certainly something that I've been fascinated with, and as I have often as I often do, if I like something that I have acquired, I actually go out and purchase it so mm. I get the very best yeah. quality. And from I've heard him talk about this project of his. This this and it, it's a little bit wanky muso, but at the same time, it's pretty good yeah. wanky muso stuff. Mm. Like there's some things about it that you go yeah, but. On the whole, this is some just some impressive stuff. So I'm yeah, no, that, that actually excites me. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm really that's pretty cool. I love to see artists who. I mean, he's not trying to act, so I like to see. Well, I assume he's not. I can only imagine mm. he's not. Acting. No, he'd, he'd be there as yeah. a maybe a narrator or yeah, or, yeah documentarian. Mm. Well, he he's actually going to be doing the interviewing, so he's going to be able to ask cogent, intelligent questions about music. Anyway, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's a little bit of happy awesome, awesome that is. In and this is just a, a snippet. A snippet. Other, other other happy awesome. A wee snippet. In the male stripper genre. Yes. Of which you're a uh, you're an, an avid fan. An aficionado, um, if you will. Which admittedly is one film. Yeah. In order to get the the the, the urban market. Right. There is a a black magic mic style right. movie coming out. Starring Kevin Hart. Starring Michael J. White. <laughs> Oh, and yeah. uh, Tyson Beckford. Okay, yeah. Story, you know, one of them plays the owner of the male strip club, the other's the old guy, and there's a new guy coming up. The reason I love this is the name, Chocolate City. Oh, <laughs> shut up and take my money. <laughs> is there any chance that this is going to be a parody like Black Dynamite? No, I think this is. Oh, I okay. think this is straight up and down. Because Michael J. White's was in Black Dynamite, yeah. which has to be one of the funniest yeah. parody movies I've ever seen. It, I would oh, love this to be a parody. Oh, that though. could that could be fucking that would awesome. Be awesome. That'd be the best. Chocolate City, that's magic. <laughs> In news that will appeal to some, me not one of them, the dream of hashtag six seasons and a movie may not be completely dead for community fans. NBC hasn't changed its mind, but apparently Sony Pictures Television, which owns the show, is in talks with Hulu Plus about the possibility of producing one more 13-episode season of the show. 
Now, the ink is not dry, nor has any fat bitch stepped up to the mic, but it may be a viable opportunity for Hulu, as Hulu already streams community in-season reruns, and it does very well for this service. In fact, according to some data crunches somewhere, Community was Hulu's number one show in January when counting visits and however it works, like some, some sort of thing. And it was a top 10 show as recently as April. And these are reruns. Mm. So Hulu has made some noise about expanding its roster of original programming. And while Hulu hasn't got the sort of buzz or the hype that Netflix has, acquiring Community will give it an instant fan base and an instant signature show, even if it's just for one year. Like Arrested Development. Exactly. For Netflix, that was exactly my mm. next point. Let's not forget the juice that Netflix squeezed from reviving Arrested Development. Now, I thought Community lost it around after Season 3. Mm. When Dad Harmon left? Might have been Season 2 then. Mm. I actually thought Season 3 was a bit weak. I, lo- I didn't like it, then I loved it, and then I just went, nah. And I didn't hate Season 4. Everyone, I think everyone wants to shit on Season 4 a little bit like they want to shit on Season 5 of, of The West Wing. Because... yeah. So yeah, Harmon yeah. left, Sorkin left. But really, when you step back and look at it, there were problems in the show prior to, to that happening. And, and when in the case of The West Wing, there are quite a few standout shows in that season. Hmm. Not all of them were up to the, the, the par of some before, but, you know, anyway, so be it. So I actually don't care, but the reason I probably am a bit excited is because the more traction Hulu gains, there's the likelihood that they're actually going to try or they are trying to get into the Australian market. Yeah. So this is exciting. Well, I know Netflix have been making noise about coming to Australia again, yeah. which would be... Yeah. It would be awesome. Like, And this is this is my argument, or, and not only my argument, but a good, a good friend of mine's argument about piracy in Australia. Give us a viable option. We won't pay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Stop making us pay Man, more money. Turnbull said this. It, Malcolm Turnbull. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that's the friend you're talking about. Absolutely. Because yeah, we're in head. Canberra, we talk in these circles. Yeah. You play racquetball with him on Thursday. I right? do, absolutely. And in fact, I've got to be honest, I'm a bit tired of letting him win. Mal, if you're listening, it's time to step up your game, champ. Yeah, yeah bring the NBM back. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll stop him back. Yeah, we must admit, pretty cranky about that. But. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so Hulu, that'll be great. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of streaming shows. Mm. Mm. That That's really going to awesome. work. Yeah. Streaming yeah. shows slowly. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good thing is it'll, it'll make the season last longer because a half an hour episode will take four hours to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true that. True that. The Hateful Eight. Why does this sound familiar to me? This is a story that started after our last episode. Quentin Tarantino, yes. good friend of the show, wrote a script for a new movie, a western, called The Hateful Eight. He sent a draft of this script to six people, three actors and three producers. Amongst those six people, an agent read it and leaked details and information about the script to the celebrity trash website Gawker. Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino feeling hurt and betrayed by whoever in the small coterie of people that he gave this to, to trust, said he was shelving the project and would make it into a novel because after this betrayal, he had no desire to make this film anymore. He filed a lawsuit against Gawker for copyright infringement, which a judge has since dismissed. But as these things progress and you know, QT, a bit of a hothead at times, has calmed down a little bit, they did a staged reading 
of this film, which was like a one-night thing at a Miramax event with Samuel L. Jackson, Tim Roth, Kurt Russell, Walton Goggins, Bruce Dern. And they were doing a reading of the first draft, the script that was leaked, and that it was being reworked so that the fifth act would not be the fifth act that they read, but there will obviously be similarities through the, the most of the show. Uh, attendees had to give up their phones and any recording devices and were like, more or less frisked at the mm-hmm. door. It was the hottest ticket in town. It was like, an expensive ticket and just a, a bit of a thing. And news out very recently is it might be going, they might start filming it in November. So we might get the new QT Western after all. I have two points. Raise my fingers to, to remind me. Firstly, have have they identified who who did it? I, I believe that he has, and yeah. it was the agent of one of the producers. Ah, okay. Yeah. Because I would have thought, I've got a fair idea. Well, I think you've listed uh, the three actors that he, he'd sent it to. Tim Roth, who yeah. he has said it was not. He said it was definitely not Tim Roth. He sent it to Bruce Dern. Yep. And I don't think the other one, I don't think Sam was the other one. Uh, see, I, I had I had Sam, Tim Roth, and Kurt Russell. Mm. I've still yet to see Death Proof, but I want to. Mm. I do. I've got it to watch it. So that then my second question: How is it not copyright infringement? What what they've done? They've, yeah, I, I don't I don't get why the judge has thrown it out. Maybe because mm. it was verbal. I, I don't. Know. I don't know. I'm not, I, I quit law school. I, I I don't play a lawyer, nor do I. Uh, nor do I pretend to be one on TV. So it's really a. It, but it boggles me some of these things. How that. How is that not a blatant... I mean, it's a fucking dick move. Yeah. You know? But anyway, what do you do? Mm. What do you do? Jack Thorne of How I Live Now fame has been set to script ne- Sandman. Neither of those things are things that I know. Uh, you know, haven't seen How I Live Now? No. Oh, it's a great little post-apocalyptic movie with um, Sirius... Sor- Sirius uh, can never... Probably pronounce the girl from Hannah. Yes, Sosua Ronan or whatever. Something like that. Yeah, Ronan. Uh, look, it's a great little flick. Okay. Check it out. It's really, really good. So that's why I put that in there. Um, but Jack Thorne has been set to script Sandman. Oh. The based on the treatment that Do- David Goya uh, made for the obviously the very famous Neil Gaiman Gaiman comic book. Very good friend of the show, Joseph Gordon Levitt. JGL. JGL is producing with Goya. And is the hope is for him to star and possibly direct. Mm. And Neil Gaiman is exec producer. Warner Brothers has tried to get this flick off the ground for a long time and has failed dismally, but Gaiman is on board and has endorsed JGL. So this mm. could be the start of something pretty big. Yeah. Warner Brothers are naturally going to want to turn it into a franchise, but it's okay. I think we've talked about this mm-hmm. offline. I haven't read it. Because it's just so fucking daunting. It is a little bit like... like you look at it and there's the Omnibus. Yeah. And the Omnibus is volume... Omnibus 1 of 7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it's it's a fucking encyclopedia. Yeah. But one of the best-loved, most revered comics of it's, all time. It's, look, I've, re- I've, I've... I think I've said it before. I've jumped in and out mm. of it. It's a... It's... Yeah, it's a good thing. Mm. It's, I'm really excited for it. But yeah. I... Uh, again... Would work better as a TV series. Mm. A really good... Yeah, anyway. Yeah, like Walking Dead. If, you, if you're talking about how to make something work, look at The Walking Dead. Yeah. A show that shouldn't work. No. Let's be clear. Walking Dead should not work. It's a zombie comic. Mm. Uh, Harry Potter news. Yes. 
Oscar winner Alfonso Cuaron, who directed the third Harry Potter film, mm-hmm. um, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, is in talks to direct the Harry Potter spin-off Magical Cash Cows and Where to Flog Them to Death. Yes, I've heard about it. This, this book is flying off the shelves. Mm. Fuck me. Like, I love Harry Potter. I really do. And I really but, enjoyed it. But enough. Yeah. Enough. Enough, enough, enough. Enough. And, and it's too soon to re- reboot. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe could still probably play Harry Potter from about movie four on. Yeah. Oh, there was um, a great fake trailer that came out for a TV show, Auras. Oh, wow. There's a fantastic that, fake trailer. That I and could I, get in got, on. It was, it was an April Fool's joke that someone did. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, my God. This yeah. is fucking awesome. That, that I could Work get in the on. universe in a narrative term. Yep. In- Can you hear me, JK? Can you hear me? <laughs> Copyright. Copy okay. Bricks 2014. <laughs> the snow glows white on the mountain tonight. Not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom of isolation. And it looks like I'm the queen. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. Couldn't keep it in. Heaven knows I tried. And then the, the big news, the Let's biggest news, which you know we've sort of left to last because yeah. it's kind of its own segment in a way. Mm-hmm. Gem and the holograms. Now I was I was really hesitant about bringing this one up because it <laughs> it, it I mean it's I'm ambivalent. I mean, this is my childhood you're talking mm. about right now, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> Obviously, that isn't what we're talking about, but it's made me remember <laughs> that there is actually... Gem- like, the, did you hear some of the casting? No. Uh, you t- <laughs> I thought you were completely making that up. No, no. I went with it. <laughs> no, because there is a Gem in the Holograms movie in the works. <laughs> Sorry, Beagle, we'll just pull back the curtain <laughs> and let you realise that I just gave him the stare and went, okay, I'll go with this. And that's how I lost my anal virginity, people. <laughs> I'm just going to let him go with this. Molly Ringwald and Juliette Lewis. I mean, I yeah. mean, I mean. Whether or not, I, th- I think they they seem like they should be misfits, though. Not Gem and the Hologram. <laughs> you know far too much. And I've got the kids. What the fuck? <laughs> Actually, if you'd have, if you'd have blistered off the brats, I could have told you who they were. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean you're more a brony, anyway. <laughs> uh, I wish I didn't know what that was. So, yes. Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice. I hate it. You hate the name? I hate it. Fuck off. Can't we just call it Man of Steel 2 or Justice League? Like, I don't or, like it. Or just Batman v Superman. Yeah, well, see, that, yeah. They could. Or just Batman, Dawn of Justice. Superman, Dawn of Justice. I don't or like, you just don't like Dawn of Justice. I don't like Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice sounds like... like it sucks massive chode. <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, Man of Steel, I could I could get on board with Man of Steel. Oh, Man of Steel, yeah, they call him Man of Steel. Yeah. Man of Steel 2, I could understand, was a bit shit. Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Oh, no, no, that's, I think that's... Oh, that, that's, that's back in the Magic Mike news. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't like the Dawn of Justice thing. I yeah. don't. I, I don't like Avengers Age of Ultron either. Mm. You know, it's shit balls. Winter Soldier, I didn't mind. Well, yeah. Winter Soldier, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yeah, we've we've spoken about this on off offline mm-hmm. until we realised that we were going to do a podcast again, <laughs> and we thought, fuck, we've got to keep some, we've got to keep some of this shit. <laughs> My exact quote was, "Yeah, I was saving that for the podcast." <laughs> 
we know a lot about this movie mm. and it's a movie that's not coming out for two fucking years. I mean, literally. Yep. It's coming out in May 2016. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, currently scheduled to come out on the same day as Captain America. Yeah, right? who's going to flinch? My money's on uh, on DC. I think yeah. DC will I th- Mar- Marvel's got the juice going in. Mm. I reckon DC will flinch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll try and bring for- I think they'll try and bring it forward. Because yep. pushing it back is is saying that they've lost. Yeah. Cuz they've already pushed it back a year. We know, obviously, Batman's in it. We know who's playing Alfred. We know that Wonder Woman's in it. We know who's playing that. We know Cyborg's in it, and we know who's playing that. We know Lex Luthor's in it. We know who's playing that. What's going to be left? I I don't know, but I I don't mind that we know all this stuff because the people are going to be talking about it this whole time. For two years? Yep. No, I agree. I agree with with the old father. you're, You're peaking. Yeah. Like, you're peaking now. How do you keep this being interesting? How do you keep the news cycle going for two years? Well, I don't know. Do you just, I don't know. I'm not, did, you, well, did, you, did you just let it go fallow and just, you know, and then, you know, ramp things up? They did up it with Transformers. Remember the, before the abomination that was everything that was the Transformers? Mm. The first, they started doing shit, leaking stuff about Transformers ages out, and then they mm. just let it drop, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, mm. the same thing with the Dark Knight. I think it's, I don't know, I'm with it. I'm okay yeah. with it. What do you think of the costume? I like it a lot. I'm on board with the costume. Yeah, I like it a lot. I want to see the colour version because I, I had actually seen the costume before I heard the... I, I suspected... In fact, I posted on there that I believe that it had the Dark Knight Returns motifs to it. But I didn't... Re- I thought it was actually going to be all black. I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be completely black. As opposed to the Miller grey. Yeah, and now... That, that it, it is the Miller... It's very Miller-esque. Isn't it is. It? It's the Miller. It's the Dark Knight Returns. Mm. It's the. It's that costume and whatnot. And, and is like that where the, the quote came from? Yes. Never forget that I, mm. I beat you. Yeah, that's exactly where that quote came from. Mm. So, I long supported Batfleck. Mm. I don't think I've ever cast a spurs. No, I don't. You, you've been staunch in that, and um, and I would like to go on the record as agreeing that I yeah, think I, I think, think Affleck you, will be. I don't think you ever said anything bad about no. Affleck doing it. No, mm. I I think we're both. I mean, we. Pan the shit out of Daredevil, and yeah. rightly so. Because it was an abomination. Not even his amazing performance in Phantoms <laughs> overcame, the bomb, yeah. overcame Daredevil, which was such a shame. That was, that was no wonder Sony went, oh, fuck it, yeah, you can have that one back. They're going to be kicking themselves when Daredevil does big business yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, I'm okay with, I'm okay yeah. with them revealing it. What, where are you on Jesse Eisenberg? As Luther. I think it's great. Yeah. I have no I, problems I, with it. Jesse Eisenberg plays that. I think the, the Luther that they are going to have is going to be semi-autistic. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to, or an Asperger's, Asperger's yeah. type of character. He's not going to be flamboyant, which Spacey played. Yeah. Or obviously Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman deserves the respect of, mm. of he decided to do, made a choice. He made a choice with that character. I think Jesse Eisenberg is going to, because that's... There'll be an intensity to it. Because that's, Lex Luthor could never go up against Superman. Mm. And it was only that Superman's common decency of not crushing Luthor like a fucking bug is, and I think Eisenberg plays, I mean, look, go back to his turn in um, The Social Network. He plays the mildly, mildly touched, mildly tortured genius obsessive that Mm. Lex Luthor is. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah. and we, we've talked about Gal Gadot before. There's, she's my only weak link. Yeah, but just because we don't really know, know much of what she's done. That and I just don't. I've seen her. She's to me, she's too slight. 
I mean, yeah. if I don't know if you're reading any of the new comics, the new mm. 52, but Batman and what, uh, sorry, Superman and Wonder Woman have uh, bumping uglies yeah. in the biggest way possible. And you need a you need a whole lot of women well, to she's stand Amazonian. Out. Yeah. I mean, There's yeah. a reason you call women Amazonian. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, but I look, I don't mind that it's coming out. Maybe, I, maybe I'll be wrong. Mm. Maybe. Do you think that they're, and I'm saying do you think because I think, it feels like they're trying to cram too much world building and too much stuff into one movie. Now, we, we talked about, you know, when you called me a, you know, what was it, a Favreau apologist? <laughs> now, you called me a, a Snyder apologist. I called you a Favreau fanboy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's probably not a fair comparison comparing Marvel to DC, but it's going to happen. Mm. They're trying to get their combined mass universe up. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gal Gadot has signed on for, I think, four films, including a standalone. Okay. We, I believe including a standalone, which means this film, Wonder Woman, and then Justice League, yeah. whenever the Justice League movie comes out. But if they're cramming too much into this, where I, I, I don't see how it's going to fit in. And there's been so much focus on the Batman side of it. I mean, we assume Henry Cavill's still... He is, super. yeah, he's, yeah. The positive is that Luther is in there, and we assume Luther is the main villain, which keeps some Superman focus on it. Otherwise, I was worried that it was going to be him just using this as an opportunity to make the Batman movie he never got a chance to make. But I think that's a I think that's a reasonable a reasonable assumption to make. I think it's wrong, but I think it's, <laughs> no, I think it's reasonable. The problem with Superman, see, the Batman. As soon as they announced they were going to do Batman v Superman, everybody you had to know well who's playing Batman because you need the physicality, mm. you need all the things, you need somebody who's going to possess the the intensity and all mm. that sort of business. They they almost I feel that they're almost of almost mi- deliberately misdirecting you away from Henry Cavill because we've seen all that he's got to offer. He's mm. He's, his body cannot improve anymore. I don't think a, phys- a human being no, could possibly <laughs> look at it. He has, the, he has an amazing look. And I think I spoke about it in the Man of Steel movie mm. review. He is instantly trustworthy. Uh, if Henry Cavill was to walk into this room and say, listen, it's actually for your own good, but you need to take this gun and go and, and kill everybody in this kindergarten, I'd go, absolutely, I believe you. Um that went dark. That went really dark, didn't it? I don't know why I said kindergarten. Probably because you've just got one down the road. Anyway, but uh, he's so I think I think Man of Steel's fine. I think the big question mark was always going to be Batman because yeah. if you fuck Batman up, you're going to fuck up Superman. Mm. Yeah, but I still hold to my and I'm completely wrong, but I still hold to the fact that I think I think. We're going to see, they're going to change the name at the last minute and it's going to be the Justice League movie. I reckon that's what's going to happen. That's just my little... You, you think the the Dawn of Justice is a bait and switch? Yep. Dawn of Justice League. Drop the whole thing and Drop the whole Justice, Justice League. League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they've tipped their hat by saying Dawn of Justice. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm completely wrong, but just on the off chance I'm right, how prescient would I be right now? I mean, That's pretty good. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, did you want to talk just briefly while we're the Star Wars stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's it's all very exciting. I think Carrie Fisher has come out and said that she's she's actually like going to attempt to act properly in this movie, <laughs> like not try and put on the, mm. which is interesting because how is she going to actually cope with no cocaine coursing through her veins? Mm. But uh, I'm I'm excited by yeah. it all. But 
as I think I, I posted on our website, you can put all the fucking old school people you want in it. That's cool. Fuck you, give me a good story. You could have put all yep. those guys, you could have put Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill in episode one. It still would have been an appallingly written, appallingly yes. directed piece of fucking drivel. Yep. No, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. Give you a good story, give you a give good, good direction. Give me a good story, good direction, plenty of lens flare, and we're good. Could you, can you wait to see the lens flare of a lightsaber? Oh. I just think, I just got hard. <laughs> it but they have announced some. It's odd. This is something that was announced, mm. but we I remember us talking about it months ago that they're going to intersperse the saga movies with standalones. It's come out this week and everyone's acting like, oh, this is some huge yeah. thing that what they're doing. We have talked about that in the past. Yep. That it's going to be episode seven, standalone. Episode eight, standalone. Episode nine. So maybe people do actually listen to this yeah. podcast. And they've announced the director, Gareth Evans, director of recent Godzilla, is going to be directing the first standalone, which is hotly tipped to be Boba Fett. Why? And we've talked, and I think because we've talked about this, yeah. there's so many new stories you can tell. No, nope. I don't want a Boba Fett origin story. I got one and I hated it. Yeah, the three that I've seen are Boba Fett, Han Solo, and apparently Red Five is what the last one's going to be called. It's about Wedge Antilles. I, I don't know. It's interesting. See, here's, here's I, I was hoping Boggs, Biggs, Biggs, Biggs dead. Biggs, <laughs> Biggs is gone. The Biggs origin story. <laughs> Um, Boggs. <laughs> isn't it? Ba- isn't he the one of the sisters in uh, Shawshank Redemption? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I no, oh, don't know why. Uh, look, we've been down that path. Mm. Do we have to? I'm excited by it. I'm excited by the cast. And one of the things I liked about it, just from a marketing perspective, yep, I like the way they announced it. They at the table read. Yep, just a real simple. By the way, excited. These are a few of the names. And, and and off we go. So I mean I think that's just that's that's awesome. Should we jump into reviews? We should. Reviewer. Let's jump into reviews, and the main reason that we're here is obviously because of the Memorial Day weekend, the blockbuster release, X-Men Days of Future Past. Directed by Brian Singer, screenplay by Simon Kinberg, who is penning the new Fantastic Four reboot. Based on Days of Future Past by Chris Claremont and John Byrne, starring Hugh Jackman, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, Halle Berry, Ellen Page, Nicholas Hoult, The Dink... Peter Dinklage, Sir Ian McKellen, and Sir Patrick Stewart, and others that will be mentioned as required. The story opens with a frantic battle between some familiar faces desperately battling the destroyer from Thor's evil cousin. At the conclusion of this battle, we learn that the future is a terrible apocalyptic one, aren't they always, where sentient mutant-killing machines called Sentinels are systematically hunting down and destroying mutants. We see that they are nigh on indestructible, and it's only through the precognition of Warblade, Boo Boo Stewart, yeah, that's his fucking name, 
and the previously unseen time-bending powers of Shadowcat, Paige, that the remaining mutants are surviving. Enter the big guns Magneto, McKellen, and Professor Xavier, Stewart, and Wolverine, Jackman, to attempt a dangerous plan to send Xavier's consciousness back to the past to prevent Mystique, Lawrence, from performing an act that will cause horror and devastation. They, of course, as we all know, don't send Xavier's consciousness back, Instead, they send Wolverine, and hilarity ensues. This movie is an adaption of one of the best Marvel storylines around. It plays with the story somewhat, but in the main, it does a credible job of bringing this epic story to life. My main issue with it is as follows. Why? The X-Men that we all loved after the much maligned, and I think unfairly, last stand was done. It was the bold move of killing Professor X and stripping Magneto of his powers, or did it, and at least in my opinion, wrapped it all up nicely and paved the way for the next-gen, if you will, reboot of the first class, X-Men first class. So why, if I can use a Ghostbusters reference here, cross the streams? Why drag up this story and put it on the big screen? Yes, it's a great story, but instead of clearing house like it was intended to and bring all the various continuities back in line, they fucked it up even more and raised more questions than they answered. Director Brian Singer is a mixed bag. On one hand, we have the very good X-Men and X2, and on the other, the lambasted, and again, in my opinion, unfairly, Superman Returns. But with Days of Future Past, he at least appears to have engaged with his audience again. He's allowed major special effects to play a role, but he's added something in it that the other X movies are sorely missing, an emotional dimension. There's a big problem with casting here. It would cost a pretty penny to get this crew together, especially since everybody's star has risen considerably since the ink on the first contracts were dry, and as such we see top quality actors reduced to cameos and phone-ins. Halle Berry looks bored. Where the fuck did Fifth Bill and Paquin's entire story go? Ellen Page is criminally underused, and despite the magic of watching Stuart and McKellen bring true emotion and pathos into their exchanges, the old guard have lost their appeal. The new breed of McAvoy, Fassbender and Lawrence hold this movie on their shoulders and really bring some stellar performances. Which again, why not just continue with these people and leave the original players to their devices? Special mention going to the Dink. It's hard to see him as anything other than Tyrion Lannister, but as this film went a long way to helping that. I must stop here and address the feral triclawed elephant in the room. I speak of course of Hugh Jackman. Firstly, fuck you Hugh Jackman. No one in their mid-40s should look as good as you. <laughs> to make matters worse, his interpretation of Wolverine, his seventh, really holds this movie together with, and I can't believe I'm saying it, gravitas. Not that Hugh Jackman doesn't have gravitas coming out his finely chiseled ass of a ten-year-old boy, but it's because Wolverine really is a one-dimensional character, and I think now Jackman has truly found the character's heart, or actually given him one. I resume from going full gay for Jackman and reverting back to straight with the jaw-dropping Jennifer Lawrence. Can we say the new Meryl Streep? Are we able to finally say this now? In a comic book film, no less, she once again steps up to the plate and smashes it for six in a performance as layered as my twisted metaphor. I'm not going to go into Singer's legal troubles here. I think that once again, the audiences are going to struggle to separate the artist from the art. I'm not for one second comparing Singer to Woody Allen, but X2 is a very strong pro-gay metaphor. And now, so I'm giving this film three and a half stars. David. Well, thank you, Margaret. I do have a couple of things that might seem negative, so I want to come right off the bat and saying that I enjoyed this film. 
it's not perfect. It's it's not without flaws, but it was really enjoyable. Had a great time watching it. As much as I'm not quite as deeply in the gay for Hugh camp as you are, kind of a little bit over Wolverine. Yep. As comic book nerds, no doubt, are screaming over the world. In in the book, this was not a Wolverine story. This was a, a Kitty Pride story. It was her, so it was Ellen Page's character that went back. It wasn't Wolverine. Wolverine sells tickets. I get that, but can we let can we let Wolverine go? And I'm gonna get spoilery here Fuck for him. a bit, so warning. I was kinda hoping he was gonna die. Mm. It would have been the perfect opportunity and the perfect way for him to die. There's that. A couple of plot things. While the the set piece of Magneto ripping a fucking stadium out of the ground was impressive, I just don't get why. He had control of the Sentinels. He had full control of the Sentinels by putting the shit in them. Why not just have them malfunction? Shoot up some cop cars, hit a senator in the leg. Sorry, Mr. Trask, your stuff's too unstable, we can't fund you. Mm. Bang, problem solved. It just... I, I know there's, like, he's psychotic at, at the time but yeah it's just that just kind of made no sense it was just mm. and that took me out of the movie it's like he's got control of this he's got control of the sentinels why does he have to go and you know make a fucking war but is there anything that Jennifer Lawrence can't do no. she she is I'm I'm happy to, to rubber stamp you know yep. you've you've put forward the motion I second it motion passed next Meryl Streep she's absolutely let's do it yeah She's just a, a, an amazing, an amazing actress. She's she has got some of the most expressive eyes that I've ever seen in an actress, yeah, or actor even. Yeah. She can just really bring it. One thing again, a, a plot point at the end. I did like. I thought it was cute. The little the thing at the end with, you know, the the little seeing the the people and Gene and everything like that. There, yep. the the next movie. So they are making Apocalypse. Yep. With the old, with, sorry, with the first class crew. I believe they are putting Stuart and uh, yeah. McKellen, those people are getting put to bed. Okay. They're not going to be part of the Apocalypse storyline. Apocalypse is going to be the first class people, which okay. I think is fantastic. Yes. But in that little, that little coda at Xavier's school, I would have liked to have known if Wolverine was still adamantium. Well, yeah. Because it's like he's woken up, all this stuff. If he has no memory, because we don't know if the timeline was changed, so all the shit with Stryker, we don't know if any of that happened. Well, given was, was it intentionally vague? Well, I think, well, given the fact that Stryker turned to look at the camera, yeah, and it was and it was yeah, a mistake. So. so maybe none of that stuff happened. Maybe he's all. Maybe he's still. Maybe he's not adamantium anymore. I don't know. Again, that's just me. Just one of these things that sort of jumped out at me mm. as, as being a bit a bit odd. The Sentinels. They were the fucking things from Thor. Weren't that was they just, just weird. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. just they were just too similar to be. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't quite get that. I thought the scene with McAvoy and Stewart. I thought that was quite. Oh yeah, I yeah, yeah. Quite good. I thought the performances were really good. I thought McAvoy really did well. Yeah. I think I think McAvoy was I guess the the heart of the movie. He did the the emotional heavy lifting with all the shit mm -hmm. that he had to to go through. I mean, Fastbender's great. I love love yeah. the Fast. <sighs> More Dinklage. Give me yeah, more Dinklage. Yeah, yeah. He was one of so many people that was critically underused. Yeah, and, and watching the credits, because obviously you wait for the end credits scene, and yeah, Anna Paquin, fifth billing, and you see her back for a quarter of a fucking second. My assumption is there was more of her 
and they cut her out, yeah. but they'd already put... Well, in fairness, I mean, in, in fairness, I have actually researched what the fuck. I went straight home mm. with a nice big what the fuck. And apparently she had a, a massive role, but pacing, you've got to kill... What do they do? You've got to kill your children or whatever in the yeah. editing room. And I think Brian Singer wrote her a massive apology letter mm. and, and and sent her flowers and whatnot. Mm. And I, th- I actually think went so far as to go and visit her and say, yeah. this is why I'm doing it. Mm. And I think... Look, it sucks. Actors are actors. They all want to be on screen. They all want to do that sort yeah, of but stuff. But you still got paid. Yeah, she, mm. they enjoyed. Halle Berry looked bored, and then of course yeah. she found out she was pregnant halfway through filming, so yeah. they had to cut her scenes down. So, cut her out. There was no reason for her to. It's like yeah, it could oh, it could have been storm. Yeah, no. th- there was a little bit of that. My favorite was Beast. Yeah, 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 yeah just that, that little cool. that little bit with Ke- with Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, because we, we know he's meant to be dead. Yeah, and then, and then Janet, all that. That's cool. Yeah. Quicksilver, that Quicksilver fight in the vault, that was the fucking hype. That, that was, was simply the, the best thing I've yeah. seen in just. And he's going to be in Apocalypse. Yep. But yeah, that whole thing that was just that was just fucking awesome. The, the, was... the Quicksilver character, yeah. that moment of, I know I just went and mm. read your registration. Yeah. And just you know, like these that fast, mm. but that sequence was just was just incredible. Yeah. I like how it froze for that second. And then he just puts his headphones on. Mm. The only thing, and I thought about this. That the music should have. That's it. Yeah, That was the only thing. How (laughs) stupid is that? And I didn't at the time. I was too busy laughing my ass off and going, wow, that's like the best set piece ever. But yeah, it should have been. afterwards. Like it should have been like two beats of music. If that. If that. Yeah. I mean, however, it was gunshot. Mm. So like it should have just been a, what it should have been is the slowed down war that we got from Inception. You know, that's, I mean, because. Anyway, that's yeah. such a minor quibble. That yeah. is so minor. That sequence is worth the price of admission yeah. alone. I yeah. mean, the, the place was in hys- hysterics by the before mm. he even almost resumed time, if you will. Yeah. Like it was just hysterically funny. Yeah. And the actor played played him quite yeah. well. And I liked the few little nods. You know, oh, I can move metal. Oh, my my mother once knew a man called you know. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's going to yeah. be a bit odd seeing the Quicksilver character with Wanda Maximoff in the Avengers yeah, movie. Yeah, and that's yeah, completely. And, and they can't call them mutants in the in the Avengers movie. In in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they can't refer to them as yeah, mutants because that's got that because that's tied up with the X Men yeah. license, which is you know. yeah, yeah. And I don't think they called him Quicksilver at all in the in X Men, but I think they just, can call him Quicksilver in. Ultron. Uh, he's credited as Quicksilver. Oh, he is credited, but I didn't. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe. They and and, and in the he was referred to as one of the twins. They did actually say that in the in in the scene at the end of of Cap. They yeah, referred yeah, to yeah. them as the twins. The twins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's fine. Mm. But at the scene at the end of this, or with this one, I yeah. don't think they called him. Apocalypse. They didn't actually call him Quicksilver. He was very cool, and kind of a shame that they just left him behind. Exactly. Like, what's like? Fuck? You've got this guy who's awesome. Bring him the fuck along. Who could do? Uh, I no. That's that is, and that has been colossally the problem with all mutant superpowers. Maybe because it's just too overpowered. Anytime someone fires a gun, just whatever. Well, it's the what is it? It's the pug, pug phenomena in Feist books. Yeah. Every time that they need, he's he's, he's the Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, he's pow- He's as powerful as plot requires. Mm. But this is the problem I've always... And this is why I've always been a DC boy over Marvel. 
there's a, I guess, a realness to the universe, oh, or, or just a balance. They just don't. Or they people don't, have more. They're, they're more flawed. There's more real. There's de- they're definitely more flawed, but they don't suddenly just pop up with a mutant who's theoretically been going around for at least 15, 16 years. Yeah. Oh look. Yeah. You can conveniently do exactly what we need. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas I think DC has all those sort of stuck to their. Well, they've stuck to the Holy Three. I, I do think that they, they with the New 52, they had a chance to cull Superman's powers mm-hmm. a bit, but they gave Superman to Grant Morrison, mm-hmm. who's, yes, he's very, very good, but he's also a fucking nutbag. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and now they've got him bench pressing something, you know, 500 gajillion times mm-hmm. the, the weight of the earth or something. I don't know. It's just, um, it's sort of, yeah. But on the whole, it was yeah. actually, X Men yeah. was actually yeah, good. Yeah, I, I also gave it three and a half. Yeah. Thought it was a lot of fun. To go and see Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, it's on my list. I definitely oh, want to see it. Oh my god, see it in the cinema. Oh really? Okay. It's it's cinema worthy. I okay. I don't throw that around much. Yeah. It's cinema worthy. Rafe Fiennes, you just don't expect him to be as comically good mm. as he is. I mean, in Bruges, he was darkly comic. He's he's fantastic. Yeah, but I mean, let's let's not forget his fucking turn in Schindler's List. It was hilarious. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Again, went to a really really dark place. It's it's that that's what happens when we. This is what a lot of you guys don't know, is you think this is just two mates talking about a podcast. This I'm actually a licensed therapist. <laughs> Woody has some stuff that he's got to go through. It's it's. <laughs> It, it keeps him balanced. Yep. And if we don't do this regularly, we have these build-ups, which, of which you've seen here. So you, you guys are part of the healing process. We love you for it. And thank you for sticking with us yeah. while we try and get, get Woody That's back, back, to his, back to his happy place. Dark shit. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Uh, did what you see Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, I have. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened two years ago to suddenly make Matthew McConaughey an actor? I don't know, but True Detective, holy oh. fucking shit. Holy shit. If people are not watching True Detective, what A, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you? What, I haven't finished. I'm, I think, I mean, it's only eight episodes. I think I'm into five. It's so fucking good. That tracking shot at the end of fucking four. My, see True Detective. Yeah. My yeah. God. Well, I reckon what'll happen to you is if you're up to five, I reckon you'll watch six. And then I won't be able to stop. Yeah. You'll go seven, eight. You know, yeah. it's. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so good. And so good. And so it's satisfying. Filmed unlo- it's, it, it looks unlike any other TV show. It's filmed like a movie. Yeah. It, it really is. This, I think, is. It's the high watermark that we haven't seen since The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. I think it has Sopranos. The Sopranos. I think it brings yeah. something. I think it brings something to television that is is as yet unseen, mm. and I'm I am jonesing for season three because the same guys wrote wrote the first season is mm-hmm. rewriting it, yeah. but he's getting a different director in each yeah. time, okay. which you know, because you know, that's, I, that's one of the cons. things that I liked about about this because you've got the wonder and this is unusual in TV getting mm. the one director to direct all the episodes, it gives it a continuity a narrative voice yep. that most TV shows don't because they usually have different directors doing different episodes yep. which is fine that's how that's how it usually goes but I think having that 
continual narrative is just quite quite unique. Yeah, but I mean, look at you. Look at Game of Thrones. Mm. It doesn't suffer from having to, you know, a couple of directors. It, you know, no. but again, but it's it's, it's a splintered story though. That's it's, true. It's not True Detective has such tight focus. I think so. Yeah, no, I I, I just can't believe how good mm. that really is. Like I, I watched the first episode and thought the Emmys just need to stop. Well, there's no point the Emmys looking any further. I watched the first episode and I we, we pressed stop and I said I don't want to watch the second one just yet. You need to absorb I a want little to, bit. Yeah, yeah, I want to get rewatch the first. One. Yeah. I didn't end up doing it, but I did just I really thought about it for a while mm. and just McConaughey, where where is this guy coming from yeah. right now? How I mean, he's always been own, but he's always been good. He's been but he's never good. been because he'll get the Emmy. To oh, me, in sure. my mind, there is no question that he's picking up the Emmy. Yeah, probably a Golden Globe as well. Yeah, I mean Dallas. Have you seen Dallas Buyers Club? Not yet. It Not is. Yet. It and is you, you said I should watch Mud first. I do, and they are both really, really good movies. But there's Mud and Dallas Buyers Club just is just that step mm. above. Where you'll after watching, I think Mud will suffer because you. Will watch so if Dallas. I watch Dallas Buyers Club first. Mud will seem like a lesser film. It will, okay. and it shouldn't because it's such a good, good thing. But I mean, he is just yeah, he's just having a career resurgence, mm. where people are can't believe they've now got to say Oscar winner Matthew McConaughey. Mm. You know, I mean, Woody Harrelson has always been a strong star. You check him out in Rampart. It's mm. oh, but this show it just really takes it to another, just a completely different level. Yeah. So I'm really amped for. For season two, because yeah. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, there was talk that Jessica Chastain was going to be in it, but now that's been kiboshed. Yeah, that's not fact, the, the kiboshed case. by her. She kiboshed yeah. it and can't can yeah. and said, um, she said, not only that, not only am I not in it, um, I'm actually planning on tuning in and watching it. Mm. And you know, I was never considered. I was never asked. I was never any of these things. But and, season three, guys. Yeah, <laughs> she she basically said, you know, the, and it kind of sucks because whoever does play it now will always be that cloud of, well. Jessica mm. Chastain knocked it back. She's like, I was never offered. Yeah. Fuck, man. I've I've heard Brad Pitt's name thrown around as the mm. lead in the second, wow. the second one. Well, which... fuck, if McConaughey, if, you know, if those guys... Because it's not, as we've talked about before, it's not stepping down anymore. No, not at all. Nowhere near. I think Glenn Close paved the way in The Shield mm. that proved that, actually, you know what? I'm a fucking really good actress and I'm going to try this for a while. And again, like we talk about with comics and the comics need to be on TV and I'm a fan of the long form mm. storytelling. You get to have a character for that long. You get to have a transition. You get to have an end point with a character that you just can't do in a movie. And let's face it, it takes about five to six months tops to do a TV show of mm. that shorter duration. Possibly even less. So it's only slightly longer than most major films. Mm. I mean, Dallas Buyers Club, he was on... I mean, he had to maintain that horrible weight and whatnot. Jared Leto was talking about it as well. Even just for that short period. In fact, Jared Leto was talking about how difficult it was for him to put that character down Mm. until he was finished completely. And it wasn't just about eating and all that sort of stuff. He he really had a lot of trouble putting that character down. Mm. And it's... I I cannot rave enough about... The Dallas Buyers Club is one of those movies, and I, I say this to the people who haven't seen it as well, it will not suffer because somebody has raved so much about it. Because if you, if, you, if you are the sort of person that will watch Dallas Buyers Club, then you are going to see it for everything that it is. And it's, it's, if, if you think, 
Oh, if you're only going to watch it because of my say so, then you probably won't like it at all, and you think, "What the fuck's this all about?" Yeah, but if it's the kind of movie that you would probably see anyway, yeah. then yeah, yeah. And if you're prepared to prepared to put up with it, because it's awfully confronting mm. and it's awfully, awfully, awfully terrible. Yeah, well, there's there's not a lot of happy AIDS movies. No, surprisingly, <laughs> you know what else is what sort of else? Is well, I, I haven't seen Godzilla. Oh, I thought you were going to go and see that. I, I thought about it, but then I don't know why everyone's raving about the trailer. Like the trailer, everyone's like, "Oh, watch yeah, the trailer! It's yeah, fucking yeah. great." The trailer left me cold, man. Oh, so I like Bo- the both trailer. trailers left me cold, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't really want to see this." Brian Cranston screaming at the camera. Mm. I'm a bit over Brian Cranston. Yeah, I am. I I've said fuck you to him a couple of times mm. in this podcast. I can't, I can't do Breaking Bad as much as I want. Mm. But I really like. I think it was the halo jump for me. Mm. Was the le- the leaping out all the way down through that smoke, and then yeah. you know, I think. This movie, I, I want to see it on the big screen. I think I probably missed my chance. I believe it's still out. Is it? What? Um, what did I see recently? Oh, did you watch X Men in three D? No. Apparently, three D is supposed to be really good. I don't. Well, I, the, I, I imagine good. again the the Quicksilver yeah, thing would have been cool. would have been good. Maybe mm. the the stuff with the stadium, but yeah. I don't. It, it didn't appear to me as being a film that really would have made three mm. D would have been really something. Mm. But yeah, Wolf of Wall Street, I thought was was quite good very good um really good fellas like it's 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 the trilogy it's the it's the trifecta good fellas casino that it's you know one thing about wolf of wall street that annoyed me the most my wife had read the book and she thoroughly enthralled by the whole thing but this is her present to her is that i i know what i know about the financial crises in the world the financial industry i know through her because that's her her wheelhouse and I, I often go away, learn some stuff and come back and try and challenge her on it so I can better my own knowledge. What was annoying the fuck out of me about this movie was that Leonardo DiCaprio would just start to explain. Like, you know, so then what we would do is we'd take the stock here and we'd do that. Here. Look, don't worry about it. Let's just say that we made a shitload of cash. And in my head, I'm like, no, motherfucker, tell me what you did because I That's don't probably understand. intentional so other people don't try it. Well, I think they, I don't think they can mm. now. But And this is what bothers me probably just on a moral lesson about the whole thing is nothing they did in that movie would have worked if people weren't fucking greedy. Mm. If people like you and I, well, not you and I because we, we don't fall for dumb scams, I assume. I mean, but I'm, I'm absolutely sure that Nigerian What I'm talking about is, is the trapezoid. <laughs> <laughs> but bringing up people and going, I can make you $10,000 and all you have to do is give me this. That that reeks of, but these greedy fuckers mm. did it. So I kind of didn't have any sympathy mm. for these people that he ripped off. Yeah. I don't like Bernie Madoff for what he did and all that, but at the same time, Steven Spielberg putting his head in his hands going, oh, I lost my ass with, with Bernie Madoff. How much more money did you need that you were prepared to put that much money mm. with Bernie Madoff? Ah, oh, just... Anyway, there's people's greed. Greed is good. It is. You know, it is. it's what it, it, what it was. I... You know, you know what I want to do? I want to get a scheme where... Copyright. A copyright. You give me a leather jacket. Yep. Six months' time, I will give you back three leather jackets. It's called a Fonzie scheme. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Lovely, 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 and that's probably the low note that we should uh, <laughs> that, we, that we should wrap up on. I think. Fantastic. Well, for uh, until we get until so, we meet so again, this, friends. So this is officially this is episode twenty nine. Yep. So I imagine we'll be off for another six to eight weeks while yeah. while certain legal proceedings are being are being finished. Basically until mid August. Yeah. 
So, and like I said, I want to take this opportunity because this was such a big movie coming out. Mm. I don't think. What have we got coming up? Nothing in the immediate future. Yeah, I watched uh, there's, there's a million. Two. There's Did a million ways to die in the West oh, coming yeah, out, yeah. which I'll yeah. give a shot. Yep. Yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, I, did, I didn't dig on Spider Man. I, I really liked the first one. Yep. The second one just didn't didn't work so much for me. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we, we probably could have talked about that, but yeah. we should. We won't. So if you've got a bit of a problem with our hiatus, uh, our holiday, then please feel free to talk to our lovely people on the uh, on the complaint lines, which is uh, go fuck yourself at a couple of pricks dot com. But if you what if you what you really want to say is how glad you are that we're back that we in just this short little hour of time have filled a hole that's been in your heart for the last couple of months. Yeah. Then we'd love to hear from you there on pricks at a couple of pricks dot com. Hit us up on Twitter on ACOP Woody. ACOP Nate. And of course we have our Facebook page ACOP Podcast. podcast. Uh, Facebook.com slash ACOP Podcast. Yeah. But so here we are for episode 29 in the bag. I've in been Woody. I'm Nate. And we're, we're a couple, couple of freaks. But we haven't lost it. I'm fucking, fucking riding a bike. Like literally riding a bike. See, what, what you need is like an old school black exploitation Isaac Hayes soundtrack. Oh. <laughs> Going down to Chocolate City. Hush your mouth. <laughs> well, I just call his name. Where the boys are pretty. <laughs> you won't right. see no titty. <laughs> down to Chocolate City. <laughs> Give me the Oscar right now. Copyright. Couple of pricks. 24 <laughs>